Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And today we're talking about minute number 102 of Zack Snyder's Justice League. And this minute is going to start out with Silas Stone kind of taking a further examination of this uh this this strewn strewn about tossed tossed around uh mangled closet in his apartment and the minute's going to end with a uh, scene change um we got two new characters one of them being um James Gordon in the Gotham City Police Department uh discussing old 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 bad guy there <laughs> it was funny you said James Gordon because then I'm thinking like, no, that's the other universe. That's his other character. It's, it's Jay Jonah Jameson, James James Gordon James. There's something there. Jim Gordon, James Gordon, James Kirk, Simmons. Jim Kirk, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, it's the same yeah. thing. I mean, well, you try to sneak in the Captain Kirk there, but no, that does not count. That's the other <laughs> <one>. <laughs> you can't let that one sneak past you. <laughs> customs will come get you can't sneak anything kirk in here all right anyway um is he typecasted absolutely is he does it work of course <laughs> well that does it work i don't know well that was gonna be my question to you i mean let's not hold on let's 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 say okay but i will bring it back we'll bring it back to the jk in a minute um here we have silas stone he's looking at that closet uh, a lot of stuff coming out of that closet and i kept thinking like okay well where's victor's room uh, because we only see Victor's room in the theatrical cut, the, 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 the version that came out four years ago. In that one, you have Victor actually in his room studying you know, surveillance tapes and all those type of things and seeing um, a still of the movie of Batman and seeing Batman through theirs, which was kind of weird. But I don't remember that, but let's move past it. Yeah. So, but here it's it's just this closet that has all his stuff in it. Um, a lot of stuff on the floor here. We have tennis rackets, skateboards, uh, footballs, trophies. Uh, there's even a wine bottle that looks empty, but the closer I looked into it, it looks like there might be some stuff on the floor, unless it's just shadows confusing me, but... Can't imagine an empty wine bottle being kept no, in here. No, that is that. Oh man, hang on. Let's. Don't tell me the wine bottle is something. You're gonna have people like deep diving in the, you know, Zack Snyder's. Well, no, I'm pretty confident I can figure out which which wine bottle that is, but I. <clears throat> I don't know if it is full or not. It could be a full bottle of white wine. You think so? Um, I'm trying to to look at the, because it's over two wood panels on the floor, two floorboards, and yes. the 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 space in between the floorboards should be like magnified and warped, weird. If the wine bottle was full, um, as as opposed to if it was empty, um, Nick Cage in National Treasure taught me that. Uh, but the so, lid, there is a lid on it. It looks like it has a screw cap. If it, it has a screw cap, then. It could just be a full full bottle of wine, you know. Yeah. But if it's if it's if it's corked and we can't see the the top and it still has just like the the band, 
and nothing is broken from it. So it's not a broken bottle of wine because if it were broken, it would be shattered. There wouldn't be like, you know, just the top missing. As far as like making a movie goes and you're like, we want to show a broken wine bottle. You're not going to show this. You're going to show like a shattered crush center with like a, the base of the wine is still intact because it's a heavy piece of glass. And it's just weird that like among all the, uh, Victor Stone collectibles that are here. All the things that came out of that closet. The wine bottle is here, and I don't know what the wine bottle represents, why that would have been something that he kept, unless it was like a congratulatory, here's yes, a wine bottle. Yes, here you go. So this may be, not to Victor, this may be his mother's stuff that she may have kept in her office. It's in one of those, like, you fired, get your things and leave the office boxes, the, oh. the, 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 the wood panel frame, whatever the hell those boxes are called. Um, and it looks like tchotchkes, things that would be on a desk, also papers, things that could be like just on a shelf or whatever, you know, uh, my son's trophies or, or, or something, maybe. So maybe it may Eleanor be Eleanor's things from her office and mm-hmm. maybe the wine bottle was a celebratory here's a bottle of wine and you know she kept it in her desk or what have you that's also another thing that could show another thing with the uh, alcoholism in these characters not that it's a bad thing but showing that it's it's a it's a real human suffering. characteristic yeah suffering that we bring about in this universe you see drunk bruce wayne a, a lot um and like having a bottle of alcohol wine whiskey what have you in like your desk is like a trope you know Mm -hmm. so it could also be with the personal effects of uh someone that you know had to had to gather things from an office or whatever yeah i think that is a good uh you know a good inference we can make is that it and a tennis racket yeah half of this belongs to eleanor and half of this is victor stone's stuff Mm-hmm. Um, there's even, I mean, there's the finger glove from the game, um, which I don't know if she had one with her. We don't see it in the, in the scene, but everyone had them at the game. So it's possible that she got um, a souvenir from that game. Yeah. Win- winning she, game touchdown. Yeah. Only she would be able to get one because she would be going to the games to see Victor play. Um, so it's possible that, that, that belongs to her. All this stuff here on the left is her stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it could be that's uh, why the closet is so cluttered because it's cluttered with everything about her, which is might even also be why he keeps the mother box there because everything about her is stored in that closet. You got your skeletons in your closet. You got your mother, your mother's box for something. There's some, were you trying to do a mother? You should probably edit that one out. (laughs) I'm kidding. Oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's something here, right? We're we're onto something. There's a there's a there's a connecting the dots, tracing the yeah. stars here going on. Okay, all right, name drop here for everybody listening. Hey, yeah. I'm on. Hey, I'm on step two. Uh, <laughs> um, so also like the tennis racket, I think it would be fair to reason that Eleanor was the more sports inclined of the family uh, that transferred into cyborg they got as opposed to the nerd (laughs) silas i mean the dude did skynet i mean that guy's not playing tennis they've got every sport in this closet i kid you not 
Oh, there is a lot of things in this closet. There's okay. golf clubs, basketball, water polo is in here. I think there's a bowling ball in there as well. <laughs> a yellow bowling or a I thought it was a helmet. yellow helmet. Okay, so that's weird. I had a yellow helmet when I was a kid, and I thought that was like I thought the it was craziest the thing. Helmet. Oh, that makes sense. They had Gotham. It's, still, it's got that Watchmen yellow color, so it's 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 that yeah. Gotham Rogue, or not whatever the this Gotham City University yellow color is. Gotham Rogues was, was the other movie. Uh, skateboard, golf club, basketball, tennis racket, football, wine bottle. That's a sport. Uh, Scarf. Yeah, handbags. Who can make handbags the fastest? Who can make your handbag? Was that what you were doing? Going? Because no. that's what I started. That's what I picked up on immediately. That's what they're. Anyways, that's what uh, they want you to think. <laughs> it's, it's just... <laughs> uh, yeah, all these, all, all kinds of sports. Silas probably had to be playing golf, right? Unless, um, unless Eleanor had a heck of a drive. Uh, I think she's got a heck of a drive. Yeah. Who wouldn't put it that didn't, that's not a pun about a car accident either. That you made that, not me. I didn't go. Okay. There. Well, someone has to, right? Um, There's, but they're fictional characters. Science. I mean, science has to be involved in golf, right? I mean, they're they're scientists. They can be like, yeah, this is how you. Yes, but then applying that to the physical human form is is that's the athleticism, Mark. That's the the blend of math and physics. physicality. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> physics. I think golf is probably one of the most, like, uh, practical ones where you could apply physics to it and just be like, um, there's little, there's little interference. Not like, um, but like you have to resistance of all sorts of things with wind and friction and well, and, yeah. and and but club you only face have to account for things. that. You don't have to account for other players. It's the ball is sitting there waiting for you to apply. Uh, but you're accounting for nature and the unpredictability of. That. So is every other sport, but you don't. You're also playing against other players. Is what I'm saying. Not billiards. billiards. That might be the number one. That Donald Duck be... and Mathland. Billiards. Yeah. I, apparently, it's not called that. I don't know. I don't know if billiards is billiards like a bad. No, 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 name? no. The, the Did they Donald, have to retcon that? The Donald Duck and Mathland. I, I always oh. call it Donald Duck in and Mathland. It's is that not what it's called? It's uh, Donald in Math Magic Land. And oh, whatever. I've always... Close enough. <laughs> no, I know, but it's like um, <laughs> you say it and I say it all the time. We probably Donald said Duck it. Donald Duck in Math Land. Donald Duck in Math Land. And someone posted it the other day as in like a nostalgia thing. Like, oh, anyone remember seeing this as a kid? And I was like, oh, it's called Donald in Math Magic Land. Math <laughs> Magic Land. All right. Who came up with that? The, well, there was also the, uh, the dodecahedron story as well that had... Phone, phantom phone booth or something like that <clears throat> anyway you got me confused now yeah don't worry about phantom it phantom phone booth and the Do- yeah Deck don't worry it's too life. it's too yeah it's too much don't worry about it just <laughs> stick with donald duck <laughs> yeah we'll just uh donald in math magic land anyways so silas is staring at this uh treasure trove of sports and wondering when the hell am i ever going to play sports i'm busy mm. um but also thinking you know what has happened here what's happened to my son uh, what's happened to the mother box? And uh, uh, around the corner, in comes the uh, parademon that we've seen in so many trailers. I uh, I believe this was in the theatrical version as well. Uh, this is one of the only kind of 
pseudo jump scares, mild jump scares, kind of spooky, classic Zack Snyder doing his old bit of horror that he used to do. Um, it's it's a good it's a good little clip that we got here. I remember seeing this in in the trailer and thinking like, oh, that looked pretty cool. We're getting some super scary scenes, and. Zack Snyder's still behind the wheel of Justice League, so I'm excited to see that. And turns out, like, this is as far as it gets for what Warner Brothers was letting Zack do um, as far as doing scary stuff because the rest of the movie does not have this same kind of spooky tone to it. And it's, it's nice to see. It's not too scary, I don't think, obviously, because we are kind of revved up for it with the parademon the only one who's really getting scared is silas stone here um, which is a great creature designed for the parademon it really gives it time to shine as a kind of monster uh, movie monster and i really just like how the parademon is to scale with an average human where it's like yes one parademon just one is terrifying yeah 100%. And it's really cool because it's still, yes, it's a horror sh- it, uh, a horror shot, and it's executed wonderfully. Um, but it's weird to think about it as, like, it's not, yes, it's a jump scare, but it's not one of the only horror shots that we've seen because we've been talking about it so often. There's There's horror in Gotham just, like, inherently, you know? It's just prime for it um so it kind of suits to reason that a lot of things that happen in gotham could have a horror undertone the graveyard scene that we were talking about last week or whatever um just great horror setting you know um in like a romantic way very gothic romance uh scenery in that and um even later on um in this week we get you know the poster for gothic romance batman horror of him being on the gargoyle in the fr- on the on the top of it and everything and that's just like so fitting um so like i guess what i'm trying to say is that this movie <laughs> has so many horror elements that kind of don't stand out as like grotesquely horror as you mm-hmm. would like 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 uh the 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 doc ock hospital scene or whatever that's but that's like prime sam raimi horror right yeah that's there. the same that's like that's, sam that's that's an homage to it you know that's not over the top it's like oh you got the horror director to do this scene because this is what got him the movie <laughs> yeah he <laughs> you can know? do this he can he yeah. can show a villain um, the way he wants gareth edwards i was just watching godzilla uh the humans gareth edwards right yeah yeah. Humans descent into hell. Like that's what got him the movie and that's like such a horror scene right there that it's it it's it seems like it's taken as like uh separate from the movie like like you see this in the trailer because it is like a jump scare it's like oh here this is the scary moment. But there's so many of those and it and the lead up to it is so apparent in this movie. I just wanted to say it kind of just shows off again Snyder's uh, finesse his tr- talent yeah finesse and talent to the horror genre yeah yeah absolutely this is this is just him doing those really cool stuff and obviously now we're back in the kind of Zack Snyder horror camp because we have Army of the Dead 
so we can see that it's a little bit more tangible now. Uh, and it's, it's, it's just a really nice thing to, to look back to this and he's done, he's done scarier stuff in the uh, DC universe, especially with the early introduction of Batman in the Gotham city dealing with the sex trafficking. Um, it's, that was, was scary too. It was almost like two officers walking through a haunted house and it mm-hmm. felt that way. Um, here we have the, the parademon monster, almost like uh, a Mothman type of uh, cryptid moment here where the, where the human is in their house and you have this scary monster who's inside with them. Um, I when can't you look- tell. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, 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 you're fine. I can't tell if Mothman is scary or not or if that even like is... It's it's is it's on the same level as Bigfoot, right? I mean, obviously in cryptic oh, yeah. form, but like in a <laughs> in a horror aspect, is it on the same level as Sasquatch? It's because hmm. it's not scary to me. It's creepy, it's but it's more creepy. ominous than anything, and it's not like Jersey Devil. That's scary, you know. Well, Jeepers it, Creepers. It is on that level. It is on that level. I don't see it on that level of, of scariness. <laughs> I'm not... Hey, Mothman, don't scare me. I mean, there's a lot of people who think, like, uh, Jeepers Creeper is also influenced by some stories of, of, of the Mothman. And well, it's yeah, really but... just the, the independent stories, uh, like the real reports, when you but look That was back supposed at, to be... Uh, j- not, j- j- not the I, movie. Yeah. Don't get... The, the movie really... Jeepers Creepers, the... No, 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 no. The, the Mothman Prophecies movie. It really does, like, it streamlines all of the incidents of the Mothman into one person's life, and then it ends with the bridge. So it all feels very connected and very dramatic and and, uh, over-dramatized and and believable in in a way because it streamlines it. But when you have, when you read into each individual report of the Mothman back then, it's, it's almost rather creepy because, like, even if it's not a cryptid entity if it is a person dressed up it's even scarier because it's like damn some guy was going around uh just running people off the road like it i don't know the i the actual reports the stories of the mothman itself are what creep me out that yeah i, I don't want to say i believe in the mothman but um, the reports of of the individual of the re, yeah. Re, recount yeah well that's I, I like kind of like what, what was the Mila Jovovich alien one fourth kind fourth kind um, same kind of deal that was just like uh, streamlining it into one character but it was just a bunch of retellings of abductions and yeah that movie freaked the hell out of me when I first saw it honestly that was scary yeah and then listening to those I've done a lot of the alien stuff all right yeah and some of the abduction tales are disturbing and um, some people think the mothman is was an alien sighting instead of you know some people uh, some people thought it was like an escaped creature from some lab or something yeah the disney ride i went on it yeah kind of like that maybe that's <laughs> oh, you um, mean stitch yeah i saw the movie <laughs> i saw the movie i've seen stitch yeah he stitches the family back together isn't that wild? They did Stitch, which is like an alien outbreak, like a like a should be a horror like, yeah, the thing type thing. Put it in paradise, and it's not and daylight, and it's not so scary. Yeah. Throw some Elvis on that. Throw some Elvis. Put it on a beach. People will love it. Get a guy. So, wait, but this is. 
this is this is an outbreak it's like yeah totally it's yeah. like monster escape <laughs> fantastic movie movie becomes a dog um sold sold <laughs> sold <laughs> one of the best movies disney has ever made i love I that movie man it. such good music in that movie um let's cut over so we're still in gotham we're you know the parademon has come it's kidnapped silas stone uh it's a very classic gotham thing to happen uh, i think if there was a batman movie uh done by ben affleck or something that deals with the court of owls you could easily see this parademon as one of the talons of the court of owls and this parademon really could be replaced by one of those talons um but we're going to cut over now since we're still in gotham and we're still kind of doing a batman movie right now uh we're going to cut over to the dcpd so this is this is how cool it is, especially when you think about Zack Snyder. And we, we talked earlier in part two how it felt like a Wonder Woman movie. And sometimes it's going to feel like an Aquaman movie. This is Zack Snyder doing a Batman movie, uh, which we've seen in Dawn of Justice. Yeah, but this is still being more into that. Like, I'm still doing a Batman movie inside this Justice League movie. And so we had Star Labs talking about, you think the Batman is related to going home? to his Gotham apartment being attacked by a parademon in the night, very Batman-like, and now we're in GCPD, and we have two very kind of uh, prolific DC Comics characters. Yeah. Um, and that is our own Commissioner Gordon and Crispus Allen, which we'll get into in a minute. But yeah, Nate, take it away. Yeah, so my main focus is, is really what you just brought up. Um, the fact that this is... And I don't know, if, I think it was just always in the back of my mind, but I, I don't think I ever said it out loud. But hearing you say it makes sense, but I don't know if it's um, what the target was supposed to be. The Batman movie inside of the Justice League movie. I understand it, and it does work. You see it in comics all the time. It's just, you know, his side plot or whatever is pretty much the bigger plot because he's the driving <laughs> plot <laughs> yeah he's the detective he gets the thing done he's the exposition when you need him to be the exposition it's a, a perfect storytelling character and the devices that work with him are just you know flawless when you get them right so is that a hindrance in any way is there what are the what are the general ideas and what are your general f thoughts and feelings about this um almost shift in in storytelling of how it just becomes like okay this is going to be the batman focused story now um and then and then we do see it switch to the cyborg focused story and you know later on it'll switch to a little bit of a blip of a superman focus but that's you know a pipe dream anyway um i think the comparison the the better comparison would be that of Infinity War, um, because that is a Thor movie inside of a Avengers storyline, but it's a uh, Jonathan Hickman like style, and it works because he broke up the storylines very well, except giving more of a light on Thor, which is kind of like what they do with Batman here. Does it hinder a movie in a way? Does it hinder a team up movie? Is it just a way to? give the plot just you know the driving force that it needs to just go i think this um 
this movie, you know, it gets that comparison of Lord of the Rings. And what Lord of the Rings does, the movies at least, um, is introduce all these different locales and be like, this is the world. This is the world that we're telling our story in. There's a lot of different characters and there's a lot of different places which those characters come from. And with Justice League being this big movie, this huge story, it's like, here's the mascara. Here's Gotham. Here's Atlantis, like the outskirts of it. And then even introducing Pajornov, which is, you know, where we're going to have our final act. We're going to introduce all these different places so that we can use those places to tell our stories in. And they're going to use Gotham for the first fight. So by doing that, um, when, you know, when we want to set up that first fight with Steppenwolf, we're going to do it in Gotham. And we're going to set the stage for it. And that's what they're doing here by having, you know, Victor and, and Silas, they live close to where Superman was, um, where he died, where he'll be resurrect, resurrected, Heroes Park. Across the river, you have Gotham City. We'll have the fight there so that they're really close to Star Labs and keep everything really close. But, you know, we want to bring it back to Themyscira so we can have Steppenwolf there and hide our different mother boxes. And really get to enjoy the world that we've created, which is what Lord of the Rings does. Um, Infinity War, um, Infinity War, like, does also do that. Endgame, though, is more of a celebration of the places they've been. Um, Infinity War would also be a really good comparison because Infinity War is like, hey, let's show off all these different locations and then set the stage for the story, which is the the battle in Wakanda. And Black Panther introduces Wakanda. It shows it off. And then we can, in Infinity War, they're like, yes, let's show off that area and have a battle there as well and show off uh, the different places that we've, we've created. Um, but for the story here, where we're at right now, this minute here, this whole Batman, you know, minute that we're going through, it is setting the stage for that Gotham fight with Steppenwolf. We're, we're, we're here in that world. Um, yeah. And they're going to do the same thing with Steppenwolf in Atlantis in a minute. But because the Wonder Woman movie had already come out, they only need to show Themyscira really, really quickly and then just be like, all right, now you guys are familiar with Themyscira because you saw that movie and it you know in my opinion it should be part of the 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 storyline it shouldn't be separated from the trilogy they should like include wonder woman in the box set they should put wonder woman in there and be like you have to see this movie before you see justice like i don't know how you can skip that movie um like you've seen it we're gonna do it and we're gonna do it big so they do do it and then now they're showing Atlantis off and they're showing Gotham off and they're like, get to know these places because we're going to revel in it. We're going to show action happening here. Um, and we want to live in that world. So that's what they're doing here by having commissioner Gordon and having Christmas Allen and talking about the Batman and their own, um, what is it? What is, what does he say in this? He says, a uh, reality, reality declined. 
way, yeah. like where they don't really know about the Batman, but they can speak to him, speak about him as if they vernacular, trying to understand him. Yeah. So, it's all setting the stage. It's playing with the world that we're in, and using them to tell the story instead of just having Batman be the exposition and just saying where things are. It's an excellent minute. Excellent minute. I, I really enjoyed just seeing universe building type things um but kind of a the little uh bulk of the minute we got jk simmons as jim gordon how do you feel i dig about it, it. You, I you, dig f- it. you said yeah you said he does he plays the part well I d- he does i dig it it's it's comic book accurate just like him doing jay jonah i mean it's it's perfect. <laughs> it's interesting because, like, the Commissioner Gordon character, I think, has many different iterations. I think a lot of people still don't really they they know of the guy. They know they know Commissioner Gordon, but they don't realize like how many different versions there are because yeah. every version that we know of him is pretty different uh especially the nolan the dark knight version the gary oldman version uh the tim bruce tim version from the tim verse batman that commissioner gordon is also very different um this one here plays a lot more like the really tired out kind of apathetic commissioner gordon and we obviously there's a new one with the harley quinn show where he is more <laughs> kind of like a hopeless drunkard type Commissioner Gordon, which is pretty comical. But yeah, they're all very different iterations of the Commissioner. And this one here, from what I've seen, it to me it's 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 J.K. Simmons. But that's me not being able to really identify Commissioner Gordon because I'm just so overwhelmed that it's J.K. Simmons that I just see him playing himself, almost. But I know it's not, because I know he's so talented. So he's it's hard. very talented. It's almost like he's <laughs> too good that I can't tell the difference between character and himself. But he does it... He, what he does well is showing how tired Commissioner Gordon is, and that's what I get out of it. I'm not saying that that's my... You know, I'm not saying that, that he's playing the the comic book accurate version of, of Commissioner Gordon. Like, I think there's too many iterations to to define that. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is what he does so well is showing, you know, if, if Batman has been Batman for 20 plus years and he's tired of it, imagine yeah. Commissioner Gordon who's like, I'm always trying to do the right thing for this city too, but damn, am I tired. And man, am I tired of the complaints about a man dressed up like a bat jumping off yeah. rooftops and he knows the batman shtick like for so long too so he's like he gets it and he works with him and everything i would relate it to a jim gordon who is obviously like out the door one foot out the door to retirement um and the new younger commissioner is going to come in with with the no nonsense rule of a uh, dark knight-esque i think that's also a gordon but it's like granddaughter or something like that no it's his daughter um, it's just barbara it's his daughter okay it's Barbara? Oh, yeah, yeah it is Barbara. 
red hair and everything. Yeah. So like, it seems very much like in that kind of universe, Barbara is like next in line. He's on his way out. He's tired. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I can tell Batman's getting done because he's been doing it for 20 years. We're both done. Yeah. <laughs> now there's aliens. Okay. All right. It's it, it's what I like about J.K. Simmons, Commissioner Gordon, is also like the same thing I I see whenever I watch Batman Begins, which is kind of like my own headcanon of wishing that Batman Begins was part of this universe and like would have led into um, like these movies and just like kind of discard the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Like I know they're great movies, but as far as like my preference for how I wish things would have went, like it's nice to see the way that uh, Christian Bale's Batman is and Batman Begins and how Gary Oldman's Commissioner Gordon is where they're just so like, this world needs the right thing done. We need to be like forceful in our in our want to to make this world a better place. And the way that it leads off that, and then you look at this where it's so much later and you have this Commissioner Gordon and this Batman who's so different. I mean, obviously yeah. now Batman is, is redeeming himself, but he's fallen off that path. And Commissioner Gordon here, like if it was Gary Ullman's Commissioner Gordon, you'd be seeing that character like, oh, I have these messages. Like I should get on it. Like what is it? Like what's the problem? Like I need to know things. I need to know what's going on with the city. We need to start taking care of people. That's how Gary Oldman's character was in those movies. This Commissioner Gordon gets those messages, doesn't even read them, throws them in the trash can bin. It's a really cool shot how they just kind of do that tracking on the character and they just focus on the trash can and gets dropped in and they continue having their discussions. Um, it's it's also like just, you know, it's just a really good kind of progression for the characters. And you see that if you see Batman Begins and then you go into these movies and see it here, like you see what time has done to these characters. Um, and that's the only thing that I feel like we miss out on is we don't, we have to force ourselves to be like, oh yeah, I know who these characters are. This is the part where it kind of loses the general audience where we're like, we don't get to enjoy the growth of these characters because we haven't seen them grow over time. And we only know it by seeing other Batman stories. Um, and that's why it's like, yes, he does a great job. Um, and I, I do approve, <laughs> approve, like, like I have say in it, um, <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah, green light it. It's like, yes, he does a great job as the character. Yeah. But there always seems well, like does a great job. It's like, uh, I want more to appreciate There's, him. Yeah. And I have to like, more... I have to like think of Batman Begins, which doesn't belong in the universe to just justify yeah. like, yeah, when, when you put it in that context, now it's like, yeah, that I've seen what the damage has done to the character, and I have to like force my own progression on him. Exactly, and the damage that's done is 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 three movies that like get so big in popularity that it just like t- uh, overshadows every other iteration that anybody could possibly want to portray that character. Like, you know, yeah. Um, but hey, maybe we're maybe we're tr- starting to to get to get past that. Um, I see more and more of uh anything related to like gordon mm-hmm. um it kind of kind of it's i see more pictures of jk simmons gordon than i do of gary oldman stuff now um 
but maybe that's just because he's he's fresher on the screen. Yeah, and you know, we I want to talk a little bit about the GCPD itself because we've also seen multiple iterations of the police department. And this one is a little bit more consistent when you think of like the Dark Knight, Batman Begins, uh, the Gotham TV show. When you see the GCPD itself, they do all show like this old, aged, worn down, very aesthetically in the world of Gotham. Like this is what the GCPD looks like, a place that is really suffering from all the crime that it has to process. And they do a good job uh, in all those things. But here, it's, it's a lot the same things. And what we're seeing here is this police department that looks just about like the same architecture that we saw from the hospital in Dawn of Justice where Batman and Superman fought in. And it has that same kind of gothic architecture that existed there before the police department. And over time, the police department continues on throughout all these years until we're into the, into the year 2016. But that old architecture is still there as the foundation. So like as they're walking through the GCPD, you still see the mosaic tiling. You still see like the marble pillars, the Gothic architecture. It's all still there and it's all in in the DNA of the GCPD. So it's a really good set design to make you feel like you're in Gotham because what they're working in is is the the pure foundation of Gotham City. That's what it has always looked like for centuries. And so it's always still there and they're still working inside of it. Um, which really captures just like how grimy and and and, and dirty Gotham City is. Um, so it looks really nice. It, it's a really nice set, uh, and like I said, the other the other Batman stories that that have done the live action thing, they've all done it as well. I don't know if we see Gotham City PD and like the Schumacher films. I can't remember if we ever go to those places. Um, but the the Dark Knight trilogy does it, and so does the Gotham TV show, and they always show kind of like these very old establishments. Um, that kind of capture this feeling, but I, I like what they do here. I like what they're doing in, in this version because they are keeping it very much like, um, I don't even want to say comic booky, but it almost feels more like, um, the Arkham video games. Yeah. It's like that trapped in that 1930s, forties era type of architecture that we see of, uh, of a, of a big city, um, stronghold kind of deal. Yeah. And I'm curious to Bolted see what, ceilings, what they do with the Batman. I'm curious, pillars. like Jeffrey Wright is playing James Gordon in that one. I'm I'm curious to see what kind of character he brings uh, to the picture because it could be just a completely different version of Commissioner Gordon as well. It could be that he's already to the point of apathy, whereas um, Robert Pattinson's Batman is just getting into the mix and he's it's supposed to be year one isn't it isn't it supposed to be year one Batman? and and batman year one like the comic book and, and the animated movie based on that mm-hmm. that one features a commissioner gordon who is already on the downturn he's already like past the, the, the right? there's two different there's two different year ones i'm thinking of no i'm sorry batman earth one is what i'm thinking of the pattinson um is supposed to be closely related yeah. to um, 
year one i'm talking about year one the older series yeah that has no that that gordon is fresh on the scene he's more of batman he just year one is batman begins yeah batman begins is based off of year one um in kind of the sense of of the acrobatic batman the Mm -hmm. acrobatic vigilante dude that dresses in black and a ski mask yeah um that's year one and fresh fresh gordon who is like uh, no nonsense. I don't. I'm not dirty. I'm not a dirty cop. And then turns into the my ears to the ground and all of my information. I follow up on every lead because I give it to Batman. Yeah, <laughs> the best detective that this force has ever seen. And you know, I'm still using him, and I don't have to pay him. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And do with the oh, the city is so corrupt that he can't depend on his own law and. And that's true, and that's exactly what it is. The city, Nolan City, Nolan's Gotham is just it's still, it's lousy with crime. Yeah. Um. Anyway. But it, but is Earth Earth One is is different. Earth One is uh, is like new. Yeah, it's different. It's it's new, new Batman, Batman, old commissioner, um, older commissioner. Yeah, gr- gruff commissioner and um. Uh. I don't know how to. Uh, what am I thinking? We were talking about Jay Lee doing that type of gothic, stylistic, uh, you know, drawings and stuff and whatnot. It's it seems like that kind of um, undertone, gritty undertone. Mm-hmm. Jeez, could not form that sentence. Yeah, um, let's talk about one more character though before we before we end. We're introduced to Crispus Allen in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, played by Kobna Hold, uh, Holbrook Smith, and this is a, a familiar face for some people. It's a it's a deep cut character, I would say, because you'd have to know about like the specter and and the spirit and all those things, and even the question. So like this is kind of branching out into that larger DC comics, uh, really into detective comics, really into. Uh, knowing characters like Renee Montoya and, and Question and all those type of things. Um, Crispus Allen is here in this scene. Um, what is what is this uh, scene to you, Nate? Did you, uh, were you, uh, is this a shock to you? Is this a cool little feature for you? Like, how is this for a comic book fan? It's Catch. a great Easter egg. It's, it's a fantastic Easter egg in deep in universe <laughs> um, because of, um, Spectre and 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 all that jazz um, and his ties to uh, GCPD and and just being the detective, um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty big. It's cool that they didn't go with the obvious Harvey Bullock, Bullock. Yeah. yeah, or or anybody of of the sort and and whatnot. Um, it's good to know that there's like still a litany of characters that are big enough that you can still put on screen front and center give them a name drop and still have like the the backing for it you know mm-hmm. it's like you can go to any of the uh you know uh, uh source material and just be like yeah here this is this guy he's not just some random dude from like the gotham tv show that we pulled in and you know to have for a week you know yeah i mean it, it is what what's pretty cool about it is you know, Zach wanting to introduce these other different characters and giving them small roles. You know, you it's it's got to be cool just to have those characters and being like, 
here they are. They exist. They're in the world. They pepper in and season this world that we're getting into, but they don't have to weigh down the film as far as like, oh, now we've got to give them their time or, or, or lead into something else. Or we're not, you know, just because we introduced Christmas Allen doesn't have to mean that the specter is now in play for the DC universe. It could uh, exist, but it's not going to be a road that they're going to follow down. They don't have to do those type of things. Um, and that, that goes the same with introducing Jimmy Olsen or whoever that was in Dawn of Justice. Just the quick show of, you know, Jimmy Olsen exists and let's move on. Like, you don't have to weigh down the movie with like, oh, they introduced Jimmy Olsen. Now Jimmy Olsen has to be side by side with Lois Lane in her adventures and, and, and things like that. It's like, no, just there. And now they're not. We introduced Mercy Graves. We don't have to keep following Mercy Graves. Or Mercy Graves doesn't have to follow Lex Luthor everywhere. Like, we can keep going. And we don't have to keep feeding the audience with this exp- expectations of of these DC characters. And so introducing Christmas Allen is cool because, like, well, we need a character. So let's, like, just throw in Christmas Allen. That's cool. Um and then that's it. Like, we don't have to follow that thread anymore. They just exist in the world. And then you get Renee Montoya and you get all this other stuff that we get to see. And it's just really cool to introduce these characters, um, which I think is really neat. Um, but that being said, it's, 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 it's nice to see the character here. Uh, Harvey Bullock is the other character that most people are like, okay, Normally, it's Harvey Bullock would be the would be the side character, yeah. the supporting character to Commissioner Gordon. I think he's only been done well besides the Bruce Tim Batman Adventures uh, animated series is the Gotham TV show. I think they did yeah. it really well with the dichotomy between their Commissioner Gordon and Harvey Bullock. They do it yeah. well as well. Um, I think. Harvey Bullock is just too dynamic of a character to have for one scene. Because when you introduce Harvey Bullock, it's easy to introduce Commissioner Gordon. Because Commissioner Gordon, you get J.K. Simmons on there, he does his bit, and you believe it. You're like, that's Commissioner Gordon, he's given off exposition. Or if you have no idea who Commissioner Gordon is, you see it as, I don't know, police, police detective guy who gives exposition. And that's all you really need. But when you introduce Harvey Bullock, who's so jaded... And so, like, cynical and all these things. It's like you're introducing a highly kind of entertaining comedic character for, like, 10 seconds. And it's too much. You might as well just put Crispin Allen in there, say a few lines of dialogue. Deep cut fans will go, that's Crispin Allen. Everyone else will go, that guy was just given exposition. Who cares? That guy just, yeah, he was just some dude in the in the whatever. But... Yeah. The fact that you can trace it back to you know him being detective and all this stuff is is pretty, pretty fitting. Yeah, it works off really well. I I really like uh, his his entrance into the scene, uh, where it it starts with a police a police officer throwing this other this kind of criminal into the pillar. I don't know if he's a criminal. I mean, a cop just could just beating up someone. You know, that's true. I don't know what to believe in anymore. I see harassment. <laughs> yeah. He's resisting arrest. <laughs> uh, did you ever uh, see Harold and Kumar? Or like the guys just reading the book? And the did I ever like, see Harold and Kumar? <laughs> I can't assume, man. Of course. What happened to that movie? Uh, 
too smart. <laughs> remember the sequel where they smoke weed with George W. Bush? <laughs> I remember. I remember Man, the that sequel. movie was accurate, wasn't I it? I saw the sequel in theaters. Oh, really? Yeah, Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. Man, you paid money for that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> just a cop throwing the guy into the pillar, and then Christmas is just like, Oops. He does the side. Yeah. yeah it's just, oop. The little dance move. Yeah. yeah. He really doesn't have to. You just have to be like. Just, he's got a coffee. Yeah, but he's just like, ooh. I love Come it. Come on, man. I love Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's get your shit together. so good. That's great. Good, good physical acting. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, so, but the exposition really that they're talking about is that, you know, the reality declined depraved people of, of gotham are saying things about bats reality challenged reality challenged folk are saying something about a bat like demon with fangs uh terrorizing the city of gotham so yeah. that's the exposition we have um it's supposed to continue this inner universe narrative that they're confused about the batman and the pair demons and what's going on here they don't think of it as an alien invasion they see it as just another day in gotham so that's all we're really that's all that's really going on here. It's just really cool that they do tell the inner story like this. It's not really meant to confuse us. So it's just really cool. It's just really cool to have like this Batman movie that we've had here. We've had our Wonder Woman movie and now we're having our Batman movie. So it's it's nice. It's really nice to talk about it. So I don't know if you have anything left, Nate, but... No, that's pretty much it. Yeah, let's go ahead and wrap up for today. If you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minutes and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. We can join us to talk about today's minute or any minutes you guys are catching up on. We'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 103 of Zack Snyder's Justice League.